how the hell do we start a show with breaking news <laughs> that happened from a phone call? Look, man. <laughs> so, some, sometimes the, <laughs> the 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 action is warranted based on the uh, the previous actions. It's <laughs> let me let me just explain to you that we're in a fast moving society and everything can't be done in press conference form. We don't have all have the the luxury of being Aaron Rodgers with thirty minutes to blow on a press conference. Where is Willie D when you need him? This is a nut check and a half. Willie D is en- enjoying the fruits of his labor. <laughs> uh, we we legends. We deserve better than this. What are we talking about? We are talking about one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. On a- no, 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 no. This is Vin Man. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is old HBK when uh like when he used to call him McMannikin. <laughs> this is this is like do rag Vince. <laughs> do rag Dynasty Vince. You feel me? ECW champion do rag Vince. Black Levi's and a black sweatshirt. On a quarterly earnings call. Reportedly. Vin- reportedly, Vince McMahon said the following. Quote. It's certainly not a situation where it's the it's rising tides because Ted Turner was coming after us with all of Time Warner as as uh, assets as well. It was a different situation. AEW is where they are. I don't know what their plans are. All I know is what our plans are. I don't consider them competition in the way that I considered WCW back in the day. Not even near close to that. I'm not so sure what their investments are as far as their talent is concerned. Perhaps we can give them some more. Unquote. <laughs> Just when you think that old Vin Man is out to lunch mentally. Now, keep this in mind. I can't vouch for his connection to the audience in 2021. But when it comes to that business world gangster shit, Oh, he's as sharp as ever. There's none better. Cause this this is literally we talked about this, you know, several episodes ago, back when um Tony Khan started beefing with his kayfabe brother Nick Khan. <laughs> and then, you know, responding to Triple H every time he does anything on a on a financial call or a quarterly call or he says something in the media or he answers a question that ends up becoming a headline. Khan can't resist himself. So now, so right, so now, basically, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, so Vince basically says, "Okay, I see you can't you can't help yourself taking the bait." So, in my best Memphis vernacular, I'm gonna say, Vince decided to bake a cake for you, <laughs> and, and gave you what we what you would call in, in football a two way go. There's so a fork in the road. There's a yeah, fork in the road. At in the, the middle end, of the road, you got to pick a direction. At the end of each fork is a concrete wall about 10 miles long. Jesus. Not 10 feet. Not 10 meters. 10 miles long. No matter what you do, you're going full speed at this fork in the road. The fork on the left says, you respond. The fork on the right says, "You don't respond." The well, fork. Let me put it. 
put it this way. It's not a two-way go. It's a three-way go. <laughs> the fork in the middle. Because we, we, know, we know not responding is not an option. I guess it's Tony Khan. Exactly. So I don't even know why you put that in there as part of the two-way go. Not responding is not on the list. It's not on the menu. We don't offer that anymore. It's over with. It's done. No more of that. You have no options. You have no legal recourse. It ain't happening. Him not responding, he got to be dead. He, he can talk about this forbidden door all he wants to, but the fact that he just got called out means he's going to try to either open up his pockets and acquire said talent nah. that that's going to be released because you know there's always more releases there's always more releases Vince basically said I don't know I don't know how much money you have to invest in talent but I'm going to find out I got a bunch of motherfuckers I can fire you know the best so option can, I'm sorry go ahead I got a bunch of motherfuckers you can fire so you can get your roster up essentially Vince Again, football is life with me. So, <laughs> um, Deion Sanders, I, I will for this uh, for this uh, situation, I will make Vince McMahon Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is baiting the quarterback, being Tony Khan, and and <laughs> in this particular defensive setting, we're also <laughs> sending a blitz package. Can, can so I can, this, can I add that the offensive line is all hurt? Yeah, you just had an offensive line. <laughs> Wait, you had your starting left tackle go down with an injury the play before. <laughs> you don't know how long he's going to be back. He's under the tent. He might be done for the day. He might be gone for three plays. Either way, we send in the blitz off the edge. And Dion is goading you into throwing either the slant or trying to go deep. Because you only have two options. It's got to be a quick throw. Vince just put this out here and said, I don't know how where your investments are as far as your talent is concerned. Meaning, he feels like you're not ready to compete with us because your talent roster isn't deep enough. <laughs> you don't have enough wow talent on your roster to make me sneeze. We know, <laughs> we know Kanos cannot resist responding to anybody. And now you have the biggest of the big commenting on AEW business so I, you know there's a response coming I explained this scenario to my wife and she doesn't watch wrestling like we watch wrestling I mean few people do the best response she came up with is Tony Khan needs to shut the fuck up My my uh, my less than casual fan wife stated the obvious. This is not bro. this is not the fight you want because with your it, with your football analogy here, if he doesn't like spike the ball, take a knee, or call a timeout, the he, proper play the proper play is to call an audible and hand the ball off, take your three or four yard gain, and live to play another down. But because now. You're being, you're being goaded. You're being, you're being baited right now. The blitz is coming. So if you hold the ball too long, it's going to become a sack. casualty of war. Right. There's a sack, fumble. potential for a turnover, fumble, all those things. If you throw it early, interception, 
there's a pick or you're going to get your receiver <laughs> rock. If you try to go deep against this particular corner, chances are you're going to end up on Sports Center <laughs> For the wrong reasons. That's how. That's exactly how this happened. But let me go back to uh, the, the comments of Mrs. Wood. In the most platonic way possible, I love this woman. <laughs> I promise. I promise. <laughs> Because that's, ex that's exactly what we said when we were talking about this before. Like, when we talked about them going to New York and, and what that could or couldn't mean and just poking the bear and we knew Vince was going was gonna to put a, put a roadblock up for you. Turns out, people are so disengaged with WWE's product that it's not the roadblock we thought it might be. And if, you, but, if, if this man comes out and says, like, he basically says... If you thought you were the second coming of Ted Turner, you need to think again. Because I can make AEW dark on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for you. <laughs> He's basically just like, hey, I mean, I, I don't have the same energy and smoke for you that I had for Ted Turner. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not just because, air quotes, AEW isn't on par with WCW. It's more like... Vince and Ted go back all the way to the beginning. To the beginning of wrestling on cable television. They've been in bed, been partners. To, right. <laughs> for real. They have been, they, they have each other's phone numbers. They've been talking shit back and forth. Black and Saturday business, was a real thing. Doing business since the 80s. And the only reason they're not on the same page today is at one point in 1990-something, he called Vince and said, I'm in the wrestling business. And Vince got highfalutin because he, we know he does not indulge his southern roots. Of course, he's born in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yes, sir. North Carolina, in my <laughs> Justin Roberts voice. He doesn't identify heavily with his southern roots. That's not something he, he's into. At this point... Vince is a New Yorker. He's only from the South on birth certificate only. But the man Ted that called he, him one. The man, Ted the man, called him one day. Go ahead. Go say the man that he became. He he he's known for becoming in Madison Square Garden. That part. Ted called him said I'm in the wrestling business, and Vince got real fly at the mouth and said, oh, "Okay, that's good. I'm in the I'm in the wrestling. I'm in the entertainment. Oh, he didn't even say wrestling. I was saying business." Entertainment business, which led to the famous quote on behind Beyond the Mat: "We don't make, we don't, we don't make wrestling. We make movies." <laughs> he's so he's in the movie making entertainment business for better or for worse. It's been reduced to we're in the variety show business, and that's not working. So at some point, Vince is basically creating his own competition. Either he just brushed you off the shoulder, or he gave you enough ammunition to get your shit together. And when you do, now I got something that I can I can go to war with. To quote the great Sean Carter, if you feeling like a pimp, go and brush your shoulders off. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I we know what Kanos is gonna do. He's gonna try to prove what his bag looks like. It's like, okay, the WWE decides to try to forge a partnership with MLW, then try to forge another one in New Japan, Kanos couldn't handle it. Nah, bitch, I've been out here. And to his credit, he turned around and pretty much locked that situation down. Talks broke down between WWE and New Japan, and now we've seen more New Japan talent on AEW television than ever. 
you didn't see this much New Japan talent when New Japan had a show on Axis because people didn't know where to find it. Mm. That well, part. Well, uh, that said, this is going to make for some interesting. Well, it should make for some interesting banter on the backside from Tony Khan. That oh, remains. We will pause. <laughs> that remains to be seen. But that said, Anthony Fiduciary Kanos is not out here to play with you. So he <laughs> he does he will not take a knee. He will not bow his head. He will figure out how many people can he acquire, how many deals he can make to show you, hey, we're not we're not out here operating on someone else's dime. Just have money. This man have said, money. Anthony, My bag's longer than yours, truthfully. This man said Anthony Fiduciary Conos. His, his middle name is Fiduciary. Oh man, I've been waiting. We we we've missed this man for this one. Unnecessary. <laughs> just out here starting shit just because it's hot out like these people didn't do anything to you sir you were sitting at home maybe having some tapioca pudding and Good they asked God. you a question <laughs> washing down your dones hey yeah, do, you, do you do you do you think this is a spit out your drink moment for tony khan <laughs> i think this is a very uh, uh this is hurtful <laughs> this is hurtful because you, you thought you were really in a position that you were really swinging at her even with all your dad's money this old billionaire told you, no, I don't feel the same way I felt back in back in the gap when I actually had a real opponent. <laughs> you don't give me that. You don't give me that feeling, fam. This ain't '90s. This ain't '90s hip hop, fam. Feel, I don't feel threatened. I don't, Chris I don't always, feel threatened. Chris always fucking with somebody. He just like to show out. <laughs> that type of <laughs> This you man was there. sitting across from Linda McMahon. I have no doubt in my mind that he was sitting there and he was like, you see this? This is what they're doing to me. They're asking me questions about AEW. I own 40% of AEW. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be, that, that, that'd be the hell of a story to tell uh, post-mortem. <laughs> oh, that's coming out on the life and times of Vince McMahon. Literally, Paul Heyman is going to be the one who drops the bombshell. No, Vince owned uh, when they first started. Vince actually owned forty percent of AEW. He never told us all. He didn't tell us. We didn't find out until the day that he decided to transition into the next realm of existence. Bro, this goes then, all the way back to early season two when we were like, uh, "Is is Vince?" I literally said that, and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, "No, I still, I still am." Only because Kanos has become a lot more um, vocal and and present in his pettiness. To be perfectly honest, so that, did Paul a- Heyman. So did Eric Bischoff, <laughs> and we see where that got us. It got us yeah, to where we okay. are today. <laughs> where we are today. I, I will say this because me and Will talked about this before we got on here. The only, the biggest difference between AEW and WCW is all the money that AEW makes goes back into the company in some way, shape, or form. With WCW, they were making a buku amount of bread in that '94 to '99 era. They were also hemorrhaging a bunch of bread to pay a bunch of people. Listen, we had a conversation but, but about here, that on the previous show where we actually went through 
the uh the, the pay sheets from like the public records from 95 and 96 it's well, look, ugly re- oh yeah i remember that i remember that we were talking about uh what's this ken uh what's the big guy big white guy that got hung up over in japan scott norton so uh, yeah scott norton <laughs> when he got hung up in korea we were talking about how much money he was making yeah <laughs> but what yeah, same but, time. The whole, but the whole thing is turner home home entertainment was taking the bag and then distributing the money across everywhere so everything everywhere. that fell up under the turner home un, home entertainment umbrella got fed with wcw's money everybody's putting money back in the collection plate and then we'll cut you a check if you're you short on rent right like yeah, they, I mean, they southern bible belt baptist church them hey cmb <laughs> We all we got. Bring all you tides <laughs> and bring all you tides into the storehouse. To the storehouse. And the then first ten percent will go to, to to y'all. Yeah. We'll cut we'll cut you ten percent off so you can pay your talent, but this money ain't yours. It we'll hand, we'll handle payroll. We'll take care of payroll, but the rest of that? Now that's all very fine. Bring that over. This is why we're not traveling unless we're going to Sturgis or we're going to <laughs> Right. And, and all or, or North Korea. <laughs> and all of this is a tax write-off. Like WCW is a massive tax write-off that makes money. This is this is just something to put on TV on Monday night from seven to nine. WCW. Yeah, we, we need it, original content. WCW was the television equivalent of Tony Yayo. Jesus. Ooh, that, <laughs> that is that's a bit strong. Oh yeah, infused with hip hop. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> G you net. What up, Dave House? What up, Jake? I need my money, Jake. There is no way that is not pinpoint accuracy with that statement, sir. The other, the other petty ass chess move that got made that we haven't brought up on the show. Like we thought because of Goldberg's reemergence to challenge Bobby Lashley that there was nothing. Uh, to the relationship of WWE and Brock Lesnar anymore. Come to find out, WWE Network just today, which is now probably about four hours ago, posted a video of because this is the two-year anniversary of Brock Lesnar F5ing Seth Rollins onto a stretcher. Which was good TV. Good TV. Good, uh, solid TV. Ma- maybe a little much, you know, set, but Seth was going the extra mile to build up his match. He's the top guy. He's doing his thing. But you don't post new content of Brock Lesnar if he's not in the fold in some way, shape, or form. All right. <laughs> Space Ghost Samurai is going to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> Brock's son. Right. Like, Keep playing. Y'all got y'all got uh, North, what is it, North Dakota Pie Man? Y'all got him fucked up. Albino McGillan is going to show up and beat everybody within an inch of their life. I'm, try, I'm trying to let you know, like, that you have to read the tea leaves. When WWE is done with someone, they will they wipe you. Done. They will wipe you, you from exist. the face of all. They will digitally wipe your motherfucking resume away. If you don't believe us, ask Kevin Thorne. <laughs> ask right. Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah. Right, you ain't, you ain't got to go that far back to Kevin Thorne. Ask Daniel Bryan, will they cut your ass loose? They will wipe you <laughs> from the. They will wipe you from the alumni section. They will clean you off the active roster. They will delete all, delete all your mu- all your merchandise. I'm gonna say scrub. they can scrub you off the network. They'll scrub <laughs> your. They'll scrub, they'll scrub the, the hard drive on your ass. And what's so funny is so. 
I don't know if you guys catch it. I watch all the time during the, like, I want to go see old things and I watch them online while I'm moving through the city. One of the things they do is they have scrubbed chair shots. So what happens is no. when you're about to catch the unprotected chair shot to the dome piece, hey man. They, they, <laughs> the screen glitches. You just scrub three, three-fourths of the 90s. The screen glitches, so it it they it is real quick. It's real it's real quick, and when it happens, you're like, wait, what just happened? And when you rewind it, it does it again. So like like I think Rock was waylaying Undertaker with a chair, like to the dome, just block. You know what I'm saying? When they when they do it, they show this. They you hear the sound, you don't see the connect. So my question is this: That's how is is that is that a WWE move or is that a Peacock move? I because I don't know. It could be Peacock. You I, know, I would hope so because you you would hope that what WWE you know? wouldn't wouldn't turn over that all that content in its original form to be doctored like that. I mean, I, mean, I think it's, it's a lease. You can yeah. put rims on a lease if you want to, but you're gonna take them bitches off when you get yeah. it back. <laughs> I mean, there's because you, you you can't really like if there's any blood. Of course, it's gonna be in grayscale. Um, if there is a truly hurt moment where like something got broken and it's kind of dangling, they're not gonna show that. <laughs> they're not gonna show that. They like yeah. they, I I watched Triple H throw uh, mankind off the hell off the top of the hell in the cell when the time he went it broke and he went all the way to the ring and the ring broke. <laughs> yeah, against yeah, Triple H, complete grayscale. You're <laughs> complete. Really? I was like. It's complete grace. I was like, wait a minute. Thank God I didn't throw away my DVD collection. Goodness. <laughs> Some things shouldn't that, change. That like, thing luckily, is, your, your DVD collection is going up like the prices of houses being built in Texas. <laughs> Boy, next summer going to be so plush if you <laughs> shopping for a crib. <laughs> oh, next summer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Foreclosure oh, is going to be out the wild. It ain't gonna well, be no flip. Next summer, I'm nothing. wait. I'm waiting for October. Credit score proper that, for it. <laughs> that that too, but I'm like, hey, you gonna have this you're is, gonna have a plethora of options come next summer. New buildings, restoration, sellers market right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, cats is selling houses, and ain't nobody gonna be able to buy them after. My my fear, and not even fear, but what I'm feeling like is about to happen is people not gonna be out able to come outside. <laughs> and and that's gonna affect the price of houses drastically. Yeah. Sucks. We, Sucks that that's we, go, we going going back 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 inside back inside. <laughs> going back to quarantine, baby. <sighs> and people not gonna like it. They gonna be mad. Why are we quarantined again? Because you went outside and you knew you wasn't supposed to be outside. And on that, that note, need to do. welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip hop. I am Wood. Made daily <laughs> with organic, farm to table, localized, neuralized, sterilized, scotch guarded for 2020 repellent, available online, shipped via Amazon, not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken Pencil Logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Man, I, like, I usually have way more energy than this coming into the opening of our shows. 
Why are you without energy? I'm not. It's not that I'm without. Cause let's get this out the way early. Today is Thursday, July 29th. Yev our Lord. Yev our Lord. I said Yev our Lord. Yev our Lord. 20 and 20. Amen. We haven't been able to record a lot during the daytime, especially when there's uh, sunlight out lately. And this is usually when we do our best work. Add supplies, courtesy of truthbeast.com. I'm feeling great. Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? But. Did you make your order already? Nah, tomorrow. If not tonight, after I get finished, after we get finished recording. Hey, well, I got a tracking number saying my shit's supposed to be here today. They go. <laughs> I mean, they right down the street from you. <laughs> and just, I mean, still, but like, I wasn't expecting it that quickly, though. Just as we thought we were about to get back active, get back outside, be able to do an intro side by side that we haven't done in about a year now. Here, here y'all go. We talked about this shit last week. Here y'all go. About to make us sound like this. In case you didn't hear it, here's it, here it is again. That that's yeah, them what bar, them bars ain't even slamming hard enough for how hard this finna go. Fam. You gotta you gotta put the padlock on it after that. Let me and let me, have the key shuffle. Let me break this down real quick. Hold on. Fuck is y'all doing? Fuck is y'all doing what, out here? Everything you knew they were gonna do when you started letting them go outside. Fuck is y'all hey, come on, man. Y'all ain't learned nothing from 2020. Like it's bad no. enough. It's bad enough. We gotta watch the Olympics, and all we see is 2020 branding. They're still calling this the 2020 Olympics. I mean, this is a whole other year. You can't, you can't change the numbers up, cause then what are you gonna do? The 2025 Olympics? No, nah. 2024. No, nah, not at all. You, you ain't gotta do it, all. You ain't gotta do all years. that. We know what this is, but still, like, come on, fuck y'all doing, man? A Charlie Foxtrot for those who have served in the armed forces. Come on, man. Like, get y'all shit together, man. Hey, I'm gonna be real with you. You can't even get upset about this anymore. You knew it was gonna happen. No, I'm gonna I'm I'm be. I'm gonna be a little perturbed because I mean, I got I got one of one of a good friend of the show because B Texas. Texas sitting here in the hospital bed fighting strong right now. That's one true. self salam a verbal seed. You know, had a great conversation with him via text, albeit brief. It was still a wonderful conversation. We we spread love to one another with those words. I love you, brother. You know, but uh, oh, that ain't gonna be the last conversation we have. But I'm gonna, but I'm gonna tell y'all out here, man. Fuck is y'all doing, man? This shit ain't over with. And y'all proving this shit ain't over with, man. Get y'all shit together. Mask the fuck up. Quit acting like y'all grounded, man. Government, government ain't making y'all do shit. Y'all should want to save yourselves. That's all I'm, that's all I'm gonna say about that shit, man. I, I feel you. I feel you. And I, it is I, I'm starting to get animated, but anyway, I got you, Bruh, We uh, we just dropped the episode. <laughs> the, the the timing, like if we we could have had a we we 125 is a classic. Go back and listen to 125. There was we renamed the Body Bag Award the Lump of Coal. Yup. And going forward until a better one comes, and we all it almost got renamed again last Friday in real time. <laughs> the missionary position. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to 125, see what we're talking about. Uh we don't have a lump of coal this week, but uh we we got a, we got a, we got a, we got another good one on our hands here. Petty Messiah was uh 
he's 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 perusing the streets right now. He actually may give us a cameo appearance, and we can talk about the, and we can talk about these uh, these contract negotiations to see how how they're moving along because our agents aren't speaking right now, and I have to get an update. <laughs> Playing them with that uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams vibe. Man, that energy is horrible right now. Man, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love it because it's such a contradiction of what everybody else does in sports. Like normally, if this quarter, if if it wasn't, if it was any other quarterback other than Aaron Rodgers, and everybody knows what I mean when I say that, he would be lambasted with his uh, misappropriation of the player organization agreement everyone else would say he needs to shut up and play his contract out he signed it he signed a contract so he should honor it all of those things but because it's aaron Rodgers, no one's saying that and i i don't dislike aaron Rodgers. i just just find it funny and he's ever the diplomat he came out and said some things simply because he had time and a live microphone (laughs) he had a 30 minute press conference and went he went off he had this planned. <laughs> this was a well-laid trap. This is long-term storytelling that Aaron Rodgers was doing. He should consider potentially booking wrestling because he played this out exactly how he wanted to. He had a point that had to be made, and he made it, and it's on tape forever. You want you want to know who's not playing the long game, or and if he is, we we, we need to see it sooner than later. Who that? Keith Lee. <sighs> Limitless, huh? I mean, I think we may have found out what his limit was. Keith Lee came back to TV in his uh, adoptive hometown of Dallas, Texas, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, lost decisively. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. Don't even, don't even don't even know what to say. Just, the, the the chairman put a governor on that limitless vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no more limitless, bitch. Easy, easy, playboy. <laughs> it's it's rough, bro. Like I, he said it himself. He's like off TV for seven months to come back to this, and I didn't realize it had been seven months. January, and this is the end of uh, end of July. Yeah. Yeah. Was it January for real? Yeah, it was before the Rumble. Nah, I thought I thought that match with Orton and all that that was like around Hell in the Cell. Oh, that was last year. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Damn it, boy. (laughs) So, damn it, boy. What are we talking about? Keith Lee posted a tweet earlier this week and stated that he'll tell his story. Give him a couple of weeks paraphrasing that's not an exact quote but it's pretty damn close he actually posted a tweet before that and then deleted it it was about basically it was that him being off tv for seven months and basically coming back to what he came back to to be beaten super quick he was he was perturbed about it but he deleted it then what followed was like okay i'm gonna tell a story myself just give me two weeks which i'm like wait um did he put in his is he put in a notice or like what are we doing we know for we well we can't say we know for a fact we know based on the evidence around the the things that we can see and can't see that a release has not been granted otherwise he wouldn't be still talking while under contract quote unquote or talking like 
talk, talking about things or, or, or alluding to things that would not be unable to be br- uh, approached while on the con or while on a contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's what are you saying, Keith Lee? Like, we had a draft in here, like one of their early episodes. We had a draft, and one of my top five like was that we only had five apiece, and it was the be- the top five people not signed to WWE that should have been or should be. Oh yeah, this premium premium vintage book broken pencil booking company stuff. And Keith Lee was on my list yep. simply off of his ROH work, but his evolve work was just as accomplished. And he was making his rounds and indies and making quite the name for himself. And then shows up to NXT and he gives us exactly what we expected. Gets to the, uh, the mm-hmm. gets to the raw roster, and we get exactly what we expected. <laughs> they let the air out of the balloon. Like he looked like the next guy in NXT, and then had that awesome showing at Survivor Series with Roman Reigns. Roman gave him the cosign. He ends up being an entrant in the Royal Rumble. He gets what I mean, what I would perceive as a, a visual cosign from Brock Lesnar. One hell of a rub. Yeah, because Brock Lesnar doesn't pop for anybody. He doesn't break character. He doesn't break character. Brock Lesnar became Brock Lesnar. Big, like, there's some people that were in the Royal Rumble that had to deal with Space Ghost coast to coast. And I like those people, like Cesaro, Big E, people that we had ear, have earmarked as like, okay, if you just put a little bit of investment in these guys, they're going to be huge. And Brock was like, man, fuck you. <laughs> Meanwhile. Take- you Taste see this floor mat. He's the albino gorilla looks at Keith Lee and said, That's a big oh, old boy. That's a big boy. <laughs> like, like for real, it was like it's like opening a Christmas gift and it was like, oh, okay. I didn't expect this, but this is dope. I've heard good things, but to see this in person, wow. He, bruh, he, he treated Big E and Cesaro and a couple other people like socks and draws. And Keith Lee got the royal treatment from the King Bean. Yeah, Keith Lee was the Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System. <laughs> the rest of y'all Sega In, Genesis. Inside of the shoebox. <laughs> like, come on, fam. So, what, what are we expecting in two weeks, Suave? What, what, what's, what do we get? Nothing, because I'm I'm at this point, I'm, I'm off the hype train. Like, don't gas me up to say you're going to do something, and then it doesn't get done. Because the way this whole thing has played out, I didn't realize it was seven months, but we've been playing the waiting game on an explanation for seven months. Everything's, every tweet's been cryptic, uh, nondescript, just something. We thought it was a health issue, like something COVID related. May or may not be that. We still haven't, you know, had any, anything to say. Well, we, we knew, we knew it wasn't, uh, it wasn't training camp. Yeah, it's not, it's not fat camp, which that was the, for a lot of people, we know that was a big thing. They were like, well, he just needs to get in shape. And I'm like, nah, because he mean, he, he have, is in shape. It's just he is, he's he is a diff- in shape he's for a his diff- size. He's a different kind of person. He's cut from a different DNA. Then you have Otis and you have Bronson Reed. Like, I don't know what type of body transformation people were expecting Keith Lee to make. Like, like best case scenario, who is his body type comparable to? Maybe a Brock Lesnar. Like you, you would have to go back and dig deep in the archives for of his family's history to understand if it's possible for him to be smaller and still be as athletic and agile. Like I, I keep, I keep saying this that he moves like a cruiserweight. 
He's over right. six feet tall. He's over 300 pounds. And he's swift. The only issue I ever had with Keith Lee was kickstarting his runs. And maybe he had to just to create an illusion that he's smaller. It's modern wrestling. Everybody kickstarts a run now. And Every, it, everybody either, you know, runs in place before they start running or they do the roll through and turn around and run back or they run the opposite direction to hit the ropes and come back, hit the ropes again to then hit the move. Like, it's just modern wrestling. But with his body composition and the way he's set up, it's like you have to look. You can either look for what it is you want him to look like or what's really possible. Because body composition wise, he's comparable to a Mark Henry to uh to me that's his body double like I, if 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 mark henry were to have a biopic keith lee would be the front runner you know what i'm saying he's he keith lee is mark henry with a cruiserweight moveset <laughs> like so it's it's a video game version of mark henry so you can get on the top rope and do a moonsault do all the other stuff you can do a um what is the uh damn it spanish you can do the spanish fly, spanish fly. Top rope. Yeah, sliced bread, all that stuff. You just went into the character character uh, move set in 2K, and you changed Mark Henry just a little bit, and then you gave him a cruiserweight's move set. You, you, he's he's Mark Henry's body with Brian Kendrick's uh, uh, Brian Kendrick's move set. Because anything else you're asking for him body composition wise, you're either asking him to have some form of surgery or start using some form of illicit performance enhancing drug that will usually get you popped on the ua for the from the wellness uh crew that part so i mean and, and like i said anything else that you air quotes don't like you can fix with ring gear which to a certain degree it looked like they had give him mark henry's bodysuit we we talked about this how about how about this what worked for him in the indies the curtis hughes big black men that that had that menacing appearance to him like that's that size Went with the Curtis Hughes. It worked for Ray Trailer, aka Big Boss Man, aka aka uh, Big Bubba Rogers. It worked nah, for Mister Hughes. We're not finna Baron Corbin, my guy. We're not finna. Nah, no, 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 no. Because you know, but you know, up there, that's how that ends up. When he putting is, him in a, a a dress shirt and suspenders and pants is gonna turn into Biddington's manager. No, nah, when when he when he and Shane Taylor were in ROH, there was no dress shirt. Dress shirt. It was just slacks, slacks and, and loafers, and they were handling nah. business. Unless you're going to put him in the hurt business, I don't want to see him in slacks and loafers. Meanwhile, for those of you who have kept up with ROH and have seen Shane Taylor in the independence, especially here in Texas, Shane Taylor has gone to a singlet. What's wrong with a singlet for Keith Lee? Well, that's what you saw him in when he came back to get his ass kicked. I mean, yeah, but even that was like, you, can, you can't do any better than this. You, you literally have the best seamstresses or, 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 or tailors, if you will, working for you. Ad nauseum. In the back. One of them one of them's married to a one of your star wrestlers. Maybe, maybe quite possibly nobody in creative services just put any type of extra effort into into his wardrobe. And and part of his job description is not necessarily like, oh, what's the wardrobe that's gonna make me look best? It's do I have functional ring gear? <laughs> like, look, these these boxer briefs I'm rocking with these with these boots is working just fine. That statement I, that statement couldn't hold any further from the truth than it did with Ricochet three weeks ago. 
<laughs> they had Rico out here in fashion over skinny jeans, then all of a sudden for money in the bank, he's back in regular tights. Not even the long tights he used to. He's got white knee-high boots and traditional wrestling trunks. Dying I don't dying for the for the cause of a crowd that wasn't there. <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand what I don't get it. I don't like maybe Rico was like, hey, if it's in the Thunderdome, it didn't happen, I'm just gonna wear my jeans. So we, Speaking of which, you seen Rico since Money in the Bank? Uh, I think once. Has he been on TV since the crowd's been back? I think once. On Raw? I I don't I I don't I want to say he was, but I don't I can't off the top of my head remember. The fact that we can't remember is that's a, a problem. Travesty. That's a problem. <laughs> that guy was high level featured in like four straight weeks of matches with John Morrison. Now all of a sudden that we're back outside with crowds a week or two removed from a pay-per-view that he was a part of the the main event match you haven't seen him or you can't remember if he was on tv i hate I, I hate this term because of i hate this term because of where it came from but more so because this person of color but all we got of money in the bank out of ricochet was a spot monkey and that, not and that's not to downplay what he did his contribution to money in the bank was stellar Right. It was amazing. He deserves so much better than to be disappeared or be left as not memorable following that performance at Money in the Bank. I just, I don't understand what, I don't get it. I don't get the start and stop. You had something going. If nothing else, let him keep wrestling John Morrison. Like, give us that video game moment with a crowd. So we've got three weeks until um, Survivor, well, Survivor Series, SummerSlam. But is is Keith is Keith Lee done? I'm ready to send him to Jacksonville. I actually want to see him go somewhere else and have a good time. Because uh, if we're if if it's body shaming or a copyright issue or a COVID thing, whatever it is that's had him run afoul of the people who were previously you know saying he was going to be something, if it's that quick for you to fall out of love, we don't need to be we don't need to be living in the same house anymore. Keith Lee unsigned world tour mixtape. Um, who do we want to see Keith, Keith Lee up against sans a, or, or sans a contract renewal? Miro. I would love to see an open challenge and Keith Lee take the open challenge. In fact, I would love to see an open challenge. Keith Lee take the open challenge, win the, uh, the TV title, the, the TNT championship, hold it for three or four weeks, and then lose it back to Miro. Wherever I see Keith Lee pop up next, I don't want him losing anytime soon. So if we have to keep him away from the title picture and just have him rack up wins, I'm cool with that. But I don't need to see him lose. I don't need to see him beat Miro and then lose three weeks later. I need to see him go on a run to reestablish himself. Here, here's a good one for you. This is a blood feud here. Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor. No, uh, no weapons, last man standing match. Whole bunch of gang shit right there. <laughs> Whole lot of gang I, shit. I didn't say right anything there. about outside interference because Shane Taylor Promotions is that business. But no weapons in a last man standing match with all like this new Shane Taylor. Whew. Whew. Listen, um, you, you you talk you talking about being able to sell out some some uh, some indie arenas and get some uh get some some necessary attention on some on some independence around this piece. Man, listen. Um, give me another one. You know who would have been good? Like if he pulls a situation sort of similar to what the guy I'm about to say did, 
I think it would be cool because he'd be back where they were taking care of him. I'd like to see him with Samoa Joe. But uh, just in, exclusively on NXT dealing with trips. I wouldn't be mad at that idea if they had a depth of roster because you're looking at Samoa Joe, you're looking at Bronson Reed, and that's and and mate and you, you there's absolutely no way you put him back in front of Karrion Look, Cross. There there's another type that is similar to Keith Lee's that's like, okay, well what are you gonna say when he moves up? He has to go to Fat Camp too. Who Bronson Reed? Every Right. Like Bronson Reed is a is a certifiable talent. Like, are you gonna start nitpicking him because you don't like air quotes like the way he looks? Like here's the and here's the here's the thing with uh with Bronson Reed. Where's where's my where's my gun at? Here's the thing. Is he um did he did he come from the outside or is he homegrown? Bronson? Yeah. Uh essentially, well he's over he's an import. Okay, so like New Zealand or Australia, somewhere somewhere like that? Yeah, he's a he's an import. So technically, for be, on American television, yes, he's homegrown. Okay. The reason I ask that is you knew what you signed up for when you got him. Like That's you, any you, of them. You, you knew what Keith Lee was when you signed him. You knew what Samoa Joe was when you signed him. Like their bodies improved. They were able to because they're training. They 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 had a a facility to where they could come to work on specific things. You have trainers to go through certain aspects, and you do the work before you hit TV. I. Omos, Omos isn't cut up from head to toe. He's just eight feet tall. <laughs> That's a big old boy. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like for real. Like okay, there's a there's uh, there's one I like to see before he gets out of there. Keith Lee versus Omos. You really you really trying to get him squashed again? Nah, no, I'm I'm really I'm really not. Like I understand what they what they're doing to Omos. They're they're building him like Andre the Giant, and I really hope it continues because the first time he takes an L, it's it's gonna be on some sucker shit. You know, it's probably gonna be someone around the size of Rey Mysterio that, that pulls it off. Because that's what always happens to the big man. If he loses to somebody the size of of Rey Mysterio and it's not AJ Styles, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, doesn't it always happen though? We saw the same. No. We saw the same storyline with Rey Mysterio in two different organizations. Yeah, but like when Rey did that to Kevin Nash, Rey was like one of the hottest. He deserved in the it. World. He, deserved he deserved for it. for a number of reasons. Kevin Nash was up there in age. Rey Mysterio was barely in his twenty, barely in his twenties. Rey Mysterio at that point in life was like one push from being a world title contender because people believed in him. Yep. He, you know, that that's different. Whereas if you get Rey Mysterio, who's, I mean, for as great as he is, for as much as he still has to give, he's on the back nine of his career. <laughs> no you have, doubt. You have him beat an, an eight foot tall giant who's on the front end of his career and upward trajectory. I don't understand why you would do that. And what? I would I would love to see and this isn't this is this isn't even mixtape here. I would love to see him versus Roman Reigns sans all the bad booking that Keith Lee's been subjected to. Keith Lee? Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean Roman would go for that. Which is another I don't understand, bro. Like why did we bring why did you bring him back just to job two weeks in a row? When you could have got some money out of it and then had him job. So the issue for me is not whether you beat him, because I mean you're gonna beat everybody at some point. It doesn't seem like there's much consistency into building people, and that's why you have this lack of of star power because the 50-50 booking has crippled your roster. However, 
<sighs> if we're in the business of making money, which is what we should be doing, why not put Keith Lee in the best position possible and then beat him? Let me uh main, main event versus Bobby Lashley and then Bobby. There's Bobby another one. Mop, there's another one. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't even want to see that shit no more. It's too easy. It. It's too easy. I mean, we we do want to see it. We want to see it sans bad booking, though. Like we, well, then we, we ain't gonna see it. Like we can't remove, Bobby gotta get cut loose or somebody gotta die. We can't remove the stink of bad booking off of Keith Lee, and that's that's terrible because he's been gone, like he said, for seven months, and we've seen him in two weeks and wish he wouldn't come back. That's not fair to Keith Lee. You remember <laughs> You remember what I said a few a few episodes ago about Peacock, like how bad it has to be for you to be getting a discount and still feel gypped? Come on, man. <laughs> Do you realize how bad the treatment of Keith Lee has to be for him to be off TV seven months and he's back for two weeks and you wish he was gone? Come on, man. <laughs> like you wish his contract was about to expire? No one deserves this. And have, 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 have you noticed? Have you noticed that uh, speaking of SummerSlam, that all of the advertising for uh, Cardi B has slowly dwindled away? Like this I'm is. Still seeing this, I'm still seeing the SummerSlam commercials with the up single, but we certainly are not hearing a lot about Cardi B being involved. So, is there like a change in in philosophy? Did Cardi pull out? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and limb and say this. Barring a barrage of news between now and the time that we record next week, next week's show is only going to be a you know who ain't going to win for SummerSlam, and possibly an update on Cardi B. I, um, John Laurinaitis is going through a lot of trouble to create Hot Girl Summer. Oh, oh, he, he's he's done a great job of trying to of trying to pull this off. However, <laughs> Johnny Ace has put in a lot of work trying to create Hot Girl Summer, and it looks like it's going to be off or not. <laughs> However, because people don't know how to fucking act, things are about to take a turn for, I don't know, I guess the expected. Now, now look, I don't I don't think that we're at a point just yet. Now, we could be there anytime soon. I don't think we're at a point just yet where celebrities are going to start pulling out of appearances behind you know being afraid of what might happen with oh no, no 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 don't get don't get me wrong on that i mean because so, so if they want to if they want to backdoor celebrity for SummerSlam, the best weekend to do that would be the weekend that they're having it considering what's happening literally three blocks down the street yeah i don't i don't know why there isn't more <laughs> i don't know why there isn't more emphasis on cardi b being involved like she's her music is a part of the the conversation well her music is a part of the commercial for SummerSlam, but other than that, you're not really hearing a lot about it, and I don't know if that's by design, or that's just because there's a lot of shit going on and a lot of scrambling. Well, the scrambling starts now with the uh, the, the the mandatory mask mandates uh, going back into effect for any high traffic uh, venue or indoor facility in the state of Nevada as well as the state of California. Which means all of Vegas. That also includes the Pacquiao Spence fight. That also include includes SummerSlam 2021. So this is a combination of indoor, which I mean, the the stadium for SummerSlam. I guess you could try to split hairs on whether or not that's indoor, but it, it's technically an in, it's it, it's an indoor. They they don't play on grass and they can cover it. It's indoor. 
if it, if it rains, that dome is closing. You and I know that. I'm saying that because someone who feels like they're smarter than everybody else might try to argue that point. Yeah. You and I know it's indoors. Yeah. But the mandate is for indoors and high transmission areas. Well, for Vegas on that weekend, everywhere is a high transmission area. This is a fact and a half. Outside, inside, upside, downside, top side, underground, everywhere in the state of Nevada is going to be high transmission. Loopy loo, do si do, turn your partner around and around, all that. Because it's going to be 100,000 people in a concentrated area just between SummerSlam and the Pacquiao-Spence fight. And we're not even talking about the passers-by who are just going to be there for the celebrity aspect and too cheap to get to buy damn tickets. Then the NXT takeover the next night. Whew. And, and all the after parties and the rappers doing concerts and all the residency performances from Las Vegas people. Like, fam, it's, it's going to be, I said it's going to be a quarter million people in Vegas. At least. Out. I mean, and I mean, when I say a quarter million people, I mean a quarter million people outside. Outside. And you know, Together and you know, a quarter million people will not be masked up. And you, and you know they are not passing out a quarter million or the possibility of a quarter million tickets for not being masked up. And look, until until we get to that point where like it's mandatory vaccinations to get in, like, you're not, I mean, this is what we outside and we about to be back inside. Man. On a so, brighter note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole show has started off so gloomy. We got Keith Lee out here dangling in the trees. That's the wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. Um, we got Keith Lee out here suffering from poor decision making. Man, that on a brighter note, like I, I love when we have shows like this because we stack the main event in the middle of the car like it used to be like in the 70s and the 80s. Like if you want to go take a break, you ain't going to do it until after you hear this main event. AEW Fight for the Fallen was this week on uh, on TNT. Mm-hmm. We know drama. Damn it. What a card. <laughs> Damn it, boy. <laughs> what a card. Um, the main event of this match, well, this match, of this show, I would, I, I literally want to call it a pay-per-view because last year it was. Uh, well, year before last, brother. It was, see, that's, that's how bad we've been living. Um, it, it, this is a pay-per-view worthy card. The main event of this card shows uh, Chris Jericho, the pain maker, Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage in a no rules match. And this is part of the five labors of Jericho. This was labor number two. If you know anything about from the time we talked about Nick Gage and Dark Side of the Ring, and if you're a, a, a fan of uh, deathmatch culture and underground wrestling, you know who Nick Gage is. For those of you who don't, your introduction to Nick Gage should be following up and finding a replay of, la- of uh, this past Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite where you had a no rules match where you had tables pizza cutters light tubes light tubes bundled together panes of glass this was not for the weak at heart you gotta see the dark side of the ring on him just to get just to put for context. Him in context yeah, to put him in context, you see that and then watch this match, because depending on your stomach for that type of stuff or your palate for it, I don't know if his air quotes greatest moments are something you can sit through the entire 
uh, presentation for just to get to. And if that makes any if that makes any sense, like seeing him almost kill himself, I don't know if you're willing to watch everything that happened before and after just and, to see that. And he one talks spot about how he died. He talks about right. how he died in a match or because of right. a match, like cutting femoral arteries with light tubes. Like he almost died in a, in a throwback and, bulls jersey. In, in a death match, he almost died in a death match. And they're out in the field with no medical, like nothing. They just out here, outside. <laughs> willy nilly if you will all willy nilly outside all willy nilly and but, uh so ah. yeah so you you must you must find yourself a way to catch this match after the match we get mjf who is starting these labors for jericho who positions labor number three for jericho for next week which goes back to a promo that was cut body was it over a year ago this promo was cut they go and rehash a promo actually it was it, damn it was almost two years ago when that promo was cut when chris jericho talked about uh mjf's parents getting horny while watching chris jericho versus juventud guerrero on wcw monday night or saturday wcw saturday night mind you to which he told MJF to do his Googles on Juventud Guerrero. MJF one-ups Chris Jericho and says that he did do his Googles. And next week on AEW Dynamite, we're going to see the return of the juice. The juice is loose. Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrero for labor number three of the five labors of Jericho. Groovy hoovy. I'm actually excited to see Juventud Guerrero back because the last time he was in WWE, it was not a good idea. <laughs> And that was about what 15 years ago? Mm, yeah. Part of the Mexicools? Wait, Wait Mexicools was Yeah, about 15 or so. They were riding lawnmowers on SmackDown in like 06. <laughs> Being stereotypical at the time, As which where where it was cool. Fuck. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it. it was cool to be stereotypical. 2006 was his last appearance in WWE. See, so so yeah, yeah 15 four, years four, ago, four, five, and six. <laughs> wow, yeah, oh, uh, him, psychosis, and moving to oh, super crazy, super crazy. Yep, had them boys riding lawnmowers. Do we get who do we get Hoovy with or without the mask? No, nah, you gotta put the mask on. I totally, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You, we gotta get Hoovy with the mask on if we're gonna go against Jericho. This is a whole nostalgia act. So, okay, you remember we were talking last week about Goldberg and how long ago 1998 was, 23 years ago. At this point, if we're rehashing Monday Nitro from 98, <laughs> 97, 23, go. 24, 25 years ago, we'll have full, full twit, full tilt. You need to put that mask on. <laughs> It's just like if they, if you ever were to pull Ray over for, for one of these one of these moves, you have to put the rat the mask back on. Well, actually no, because <laughs> the mask was on Ray. They took it off, and then we went back to WWE to put it back on as if the mask never came off. So yeah, <laughs> facts. So because you're getting back on television, the idea, especially because it'll help you sell more merch. If Hooventus is just a one off, I guess you let him do whatever. But knowing knowing Tony Khan, the way that we have seen him operate says tell Hoovy to put the mask on so I can sell a t-shirt with a picture of the mask on it. There it is. Um sleeper match of the night though. 
didn't last long, but man, was it entertaining. Lance Archer versus Hikaleo. And that's for the IWGP United States Championship. You've seen guys fighting the time warp. That's pretty much what that was. <laughs> Lance Archer returned to the past to fight his old to self. Fight, to, to fight Lance Archer. <laughs> or Hikaleo jumped to the future to fight his future self. <laughs> but but to, not to be confused with future for future, future versus past, or past versus future. Coming to the ring with Hikaleo was his old man. Haku. No, no, no! You put you put more respect on that man's name. I'm the sorry. toughest man in the, America. The tough, the toughest man in the history of professional wrestling. He won our toughest wrestler ever tournament. Yes, there you go, Mister Mister King Haku, <laughs> the most dangerous man on at least five of seven continents, <laughs> AKA Ming. <laughs> that man, that man bit a guy's nose off in real life. <laughs> and never, in real life and, well, as the same thing we call New Jack rest in peace one of the best that ever did it and got away with it Whew. yeah it's uh, a couple of, couple of bright spots there and uh, even the opening <laughs> the match was a heater the owner and proprietor of the tongue and death grip <laughs> which he did lace on a 6 foot 8 Lance Archer and, and threw, threw him into a rail <laughs> Yeah, you mean, bro? It doesn't get much better than that, and it can, and it can perpetuate a few when you when he go and uh, Lance goes back to Japan, and actually yep. Lance is going back to Japan to take on Hiroshi Tanahashi for the U.S. Championship. And then there's that, or and or will I be in Japan? I, I hope that's going to be in Japan. Yeah, it's in, it's in Japan. Right on, right on. It, it would have been too it would have been too too perfect if Kanos was able to orchestrate that to happen on his TV. So, mind you, so there was only six matches last night. We gave you two of them. And I told you, and I kind of teased about how good the first one was, which was uh, a 10-man tag with the Elite dressed to the nines in uh, Space Jam gear, taking on Hangman Page in the Dark Order, represented by Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. It was an elimination match in which if the losers lose... They cannot uh, challenge for their respective title matches. So there will be no tag title match for the Dark Order. There will be no world title match for Hangman Page, at least for the time being. That said, also on the card, FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. Thunder Rosa makes her official AEW full-time debut against Julia Hart. And, she's all elite. And Christian Cage and Jurassic Express taking on the HFO, the Harley Hardy family office with Angelico and Private Party. Are we at a point where we can safely say that AEW has finally usurped WWE in terms of programming? Oh, what you got? I got something really funny before I get into that. Yeah. So um, you were talking about the 10 man tag, right? And yeah. the elite came out dressed to the nines, which um, mainly. Um, Kenny, the actual three people in the elite, Kenny Omega and, and the Bucks, come out dressed in Toon Squad gear, <laughs> Pand pandering to the recent release of Space Jam. This was a direct, a direct correlation with their sister network, HBO Max. Absolutely, this is something like everybody agreed this is a good idea. So they come out in Toon Squad jerseys, wearing uh, Space Jams, whether they're authentic or not. I'll leave that to the rest of you guys. I didn't get a good enough look at them to start picking that apart. But either way, I mean, they have the money to do it if they're real, X, Y, Z. However, it's a lot of pandering, right? 
For sure. Seems seems to be a, a, a whole lot of pandering. Bow. Whole lot of pandering on your ass. <laughs> so, do you know? <laughs> and you know, we we usually mess with uh, Seth Rollins about this. Call him Kung Fu Pander. After the movie Kung Fu Panda, do you happen to know what they call a group of pandas? I do not. A pander? An embarrassment. <laughs> I am not shooting slugs. I am not making this up. If you type into your Google machine right now, what do you call a group of pandas? It's an embarrassment. <laughs> a group of pandas is called... Yes, fact, fact check me right now. <laughs> what is the name for a group of pandas? An embarrassment. And there you have it. Hit the bell for me one time. <laughs> Which I already did, but you got another one there for you. I mean, just because you went back and fact checked it, I needed that. I needed that extra bell. But oh um, my god, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. only for the sake of, uh, of of conversation and for and for entertainment purposes only. Y'all learn something, and when you stop learning, you you die. Continue. <laughs> when you stop learning, you die. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, the embarrassment came out. <laughs> Wearing two squad jerseys and Jordans, but um, yeah, it's real though. It's real. AEW's television product has has trumped everything that is not involving Roman Reigns on WWE television. Mm. It's we're at that point now, and I'm I'm hella critical on AEW, and most of the time, rightfully so. But their television product. It has better live crowds, more buzz around it. The um, the writing and the booking's not perfect, but at least you can follow along. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like the there are certain Swiss cheese type holes in the long term storytelling, but you can't necessarily. Everybody's not good at that. Nah. Let's just, no, it takes time. And that's that might be something you get better at as things go along. But I mean, it just look at it. Look at Monday and Tuesday versus what happened on Wednesday. I'd watch Wednesday first every time, and I've been watching AEW Listen, first look, even back when it was head to head with NXT. Li- so there's that. First of all, it, NXT was way too accessible for us. With the advent of modern technology and DVRs, we're able to go back and catch four straight hours. A professional wrestling action on Wednesday nights when to, when NXT was going head up with AEW. There there was a lot of back and forth. It is a gross understatement to say that the the numbers that AEW is earning by themselves is the entire crowd of those who were split, and the, uh, NXT isn't getting a fraction. Of the crowd that they had on Wednesday nights on Tuesdays, which historically has been one of the worst nights, if not the worst night on network television. You ch- you've cherry picked the roster. You changed the the central location it was being broadcasted from to to which I say you've pretty much changed the vibe of what NXT was. And doing picking at that vibe too much is like trying to defuse a bomb blindfolded. <laughs> while lit you know what I'm saying like <laughs> the timer is on and you sitting here trying to make these changes and you're trying to sub people in and out you got rashes of injuries who ain't injured getting cherry picked for the main roster because they can't get their shit together and it's like you left with you know the morning class 
to try to put on TV. Like, I right, here we go. This ain't. This is not the NXT that we've come to know and love. The the NXT that we would literally be like, hey, well, I'll skip main roster shows to watch this. I, we're more hyped for Takeover than the pay per view that comes on the next night. Adam Cole has been the most consistent thing on NXT television over the last three years. We know exactly what we're getting, regardless of who he's with or not with. And he proved that by what happened to Karrion Cross, and hence getting a lump of coal named after him. Shrunk baby Batista. That's it. And that's not, I'm not sliding anybody on this roster. Please don't think that I'm sliding the product or sliding the, the talent that's on the NXT roster. I've said it for, for weeks on end that NXT is suffering from brand recognition. There is no star power on these rosters. Even Roman Reigns right now is doing the most masterful job on the mic that he's ever done. He had glimpses of greatness five years ago. Now he's in his bag. Having Paul Heyman does not hurt you one bit. In fact, it's a cheat code. Paul Heyman dropped a lump of coal prior to Roman Reigns did last Friday. We didn't even talk about that. And all he did was replay John Cena's theme music with his mouth. <sighs> like I say, anything not involving Roman Reigns. I mean, AEW has better television than everything on WWE television not involving Roman Reigns. Now, the, the, the only exception to that used to be the Hurt Business. That would have been the only other exception, and then you fucked that up. Oh, man. Completely drove the truck. Didn't even park it. Just drove the truck over him and said, bus follow. So, at this point, the, more intri the most intriguing news about WWE is about who's leaving. And on the flip side... On the most intriguing news about AEW is who's next to show up. That's a that. damn shame. We got one one the, the 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 mainstay, the household name, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment has who's leaving as their biggest selling point, whereas its newer upstart quote unquote air quotes competition is selling. The idea of who might pop up because of a forbidden door that is open. And hence were dropped this week. Hence that could allude to either Brian Danielson or CM Punk. Considering you have two, two shows in the Chicagoland area within three weeks of each other, within two weeks of each other, really. We have Friday the 20th, which will be uh, the second edition of AEW Rampage. Shouts out Mark Henry because, bitch, Texas. And then also Fight for the Fallen. I'm sorry, Fight for the Fallen. All Out, rather, which will be Labor Day weekend from Hoffman Estates. It, it, it goes without saying that the anticipation for what might be is better than the things that you know. Yet here we are still watching because we hope for better and we keep getting shitted on. We're, at this point, we're watching out of a out of a um, habit of <laughs> participants in the media. <laughs> we are watching out of habit and watching because we have a show based on the show. 
That's literally it. Like that, that's, that is that's literally it. That's the that's that it. is the whole. That's that's and it. Then, and then the the subscription, uh, the monthly subscription, is a tax write off. <laughs> Sadly, that's it. That's that. That's, you we know have why been, I'm here. We have been Lynch voice. day one subscribers to the WWE Network. Never an interruption in service. Never an interruption in service. We have the same login IDs. Most of us the same passwords from day one to the day to the day end. And we get moved over to, to cock. And what happens on their first major pay-per-view? Bandwidth issues. I this is I, this is what I expected to happen during WrestleMania. Like swear, swear to God. And not even not even the first, and I'm saying the first major pay-per-view, pay-per-view since we back outside. That part. So like cause everything that happened before this, you know, the snow globe was on. We kicked the door, we kicked the hole in the snow globe and the water's on the street. Unless somebody kicked the modem. <laughs> was was some did, did, did someone walk outside and moon the satellite truck? Like <laughs> Bruh, I don't I don't understand how we ended up there, but like somebody kicked a plug out of the wall or something and for like a hot twenty minutes. Oh, <laughs> it was man. like a, a DJ was scratching the actual live show. And then you had you had to leave the, the you had to leave the chat to come back in and, and make sure you were in a, in a, in a different port. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we doing now <laughs> i paid for this then here, here's the really funny part like i just checked my card statements and like peacock's no longer billing the 299 shit i'm like damn bro it's back it's back to the 999 now no it's the five. Oh, okay okay which because there, there's not which, much difference the, the nine is supposed to keep you from getting commercials but you still have commercials no 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 they're, they're targeted so Target these nuts, right? You, <laughs> if if you if you give me two two viable solutions to the to solve the same problem, and one is double the cost, and the one thing that you hope to get out of the higher solution is a is a better version of the product, and all you get is offloading offline capabilities, blow me. Cause I'm still getting commercials. I've gotten used to Hulu at this point. We've been paying for Hulu. Yep. You know it's it's we done bundled Hulu. Hell, you (laughs) You feel me? (laughs) Hulu, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus. We bundled around this bitch. What did you mean? I back I backdoored it. I I I bundled Hulu, Showtime, and Spotify with a student account. Holla at your boy. <laughs> hey, look, we need to hold. That's what. That's what you need to. Do. We need to do on Trap Almanac is give the cheat codes. Cheat codes to, to streaming services. To a better streaming life. Over over the top goes over the top. That's that. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Sylvester Stallone. Over the top. Listen, the top. you you you. When we finally drop Trap Almanac, you will not. Or I'm sorry, canceled. When you. When we finally, yeah, Trap Almanac is going to become a segment on Cancel. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, and, and there's enough content to go. I could go back three years and get content for Cancel. That's how. That's how good that one is. The show that's always new that you never have to film. <laughs> Damn it, boy! Something ten years old will be relevant now because it's a casual conversation. Hell, you mean? Facts. Facts. All all the shit that we cut out that we can't let anybody hear. You'll hear it now. So before we land the plane on America's Most Wanted, um, 
Brian Danielson, CM Punk. What do we what do we see? Do we see any anything? Do we see either one? Do we see both? At this point, I hope so, just because, you know, need something else to talk about or something else to watch. Brian Danielson, but, I know we can get competition out of. What do we get when we get CM Punk? I don't know. Do we honestly I, I feel like unless he's put size back on, we're gonna get great value Paul Heyman. I don't think we're gonna go back that far. He, I don't know how much weight he'll put back on because he's turned into a complete vegetarian. Um, but then again, going to AEW, does that really matter considering the, the average size of a roster member? No. Like it would it, it would be a glaring disparity if you took if you were looking for 2014 CM Punk and then got 2021 CM Punk on WWE television. No, everybody no, looks different. Hell no. There's <laughs> You feel what I'm saying? You Fuck can't stand no. that guy. You can't stand 21 2021 CM Punk in front of 2021 Drew McIntyre without putting some weight on that dude. Man. I mean cuz that's just, just that's just that's just like putting 2002 Randy Orton on 2021 television. You knew something you was going something phenomenal was going to happen, but you you're to stay the same? You feel what I'm saying? So like you got to there are more expectations that have to be tempered or, or yeah, you have to temper and hedge your bets, temper your expectations with Punk more so than you have to do do it with Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan was just on television or Bryan Danielson, which we should get used to calling him again. So do we want to see, like, I'll give you an example. Do we want to see CM Punk 2021 get uh, stretch Miro or is that even possible? Mm, I'm, Okay. Oh, 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 by the way. <laughs> Let me before I answer that question. CM Punk was known for having a 0 and 2 MMA record. CM Punk has now been granted a no contest. Uh Nope. nope. Uh as Nope. Dirty piss. Nope. For from a his MMA loss to Mike Jackson was overturned due to a positive marijuana test from UFC 225. Kiss my ass. That's still an L. Bruh. I, 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 That's, no. I'm not overturning anything. That's still an L. He's still 0-2. Yeah. They try to do the same shit to Brock Lesnar. No, thank you. <laughs> you knock a motherfucker out, you knock a motherfucker out. <laughs> That's it. Like... So do we do we do we honestly think that CM Punk can stretch uh, a 2021 CM Punk can stretch Miro? He shouldn't. I'm more, I'm one of those people who's more interested in hearing CM Punk talk than the perform. anything else. Yeah, but how like, much? But I mean, so like, so by, by that standard, standard, you're looking at like 1995 Steve Austin and ECW. I I want more of that stuff. I want him. I want his creative rolling. Same for Daniel Bryan. Like, I'm always cool to watch a Daniel Bryan match, but I'm more intrigued by Daniel Bryan's ability to be creative. Which that's where he's shown that's like, okay, this is another gear for him. Same with CM Punk. I'm more interested in his ability to talk and be creative than just putting him in the ring and watching him wrestle. The one thing we that's have seen from, from Daniel Bryan over the years is the fact that his, his time at, uh, at NXT, the competition, not the organization. Let me be clear in that. Do you Google's the final one I'm talking about if you don't know? When he was with Miz, Miz was the biggest thing Miz had for him was the fact that he felt that Daniel Bryan had no charisma, that he was an indie darling. 
And the entire time, Daniel Bryan proved his his level of charisma as he increased his in-ring work rate and also his mic work. He also became a character a few times. Mm-hmm. And the more the more he worked for people to hate his character, the more people loved that character. Hence the Yes movement. Hence Hemp Hemp Hooray. That was my favorite. Hemp Hemp Hooray slash Captain Planet. That was my favorite. <laughs> so I, I really want to see him go balls to the wall, pause, on the Captain Planet character or evil Captain Planet when he gets to AEW. And what a better place to do it than TNT. <laughs> Fam. Can't make this shit up. At see, all. If get, see if we can get Don Cheadle to dress up and do his, <laughs> his evil Captain Planet from Funny or Die on TNT with Daniel Bryan. You, you want weird mashups for comedy purposes? I, I can write. Look, I can get his stuff for the nerds. I can give it to the, for the corporate people. You tell me who's going to write the check, and I'll figure out how we're going to make this engine go. Tell him, Suave. For a nominal fee. Soon to be phenomenal fee. Soon to be a phenomenal fee. I will slice off some of this broken pencil knowledge and put it on your plate. <laughs> uh, it never gets old. It never gets old. All I'm saying is, all you gotta do is give us the direct deposit. <laughs> oh shit! All right, finally, finally, this this one wasn't supposed to even make the list. This one came out of nowhere today, courtesy of Mike Johnson, PW Insider. What's up, Mike Johnson? Former WWE and Impact World Champion, Jose Alberto Rodriguez Chuquan, a.k.a. Alberto Del Rio, a.k.a. Alberto El Patron, is uh, slated to stand trial Monday, August the 2nd in San Antonio for charges of one count of aggravated kidnapping and four counts of sexual assault following an October 2020 indictment. If found guilty, this man could face life in prison. I swear earlier this year, we had a conversation on this very show about apologizing to him and his vindication of having the charges be dropped. Apparently, the world is sadly mistaken. Per Mike Johnson, and I quote, the trial was originally slated to take place in January, but was postponed several times. It should be noted that several months ago, a woman issued an apology via social media for what Shaquan's family had been going through since the arrest. Shaquan's brother responded, claiming on his own social media that it was an admission that the charges were false. Since the social media comment, nothing has changed in regard to the trial date, but the woman was indeed rescinding her claims. One would think that would be quickly brought up in court as the trial commences on Monday. Shaquan has stated publicly that the woman who made the allegations against him has dropped her claims and that he expects the situation to be wrapped up as soon as possible. As of this writing, however, the charges have not been dropped by prosecutors. There's more, but this is the meat. This is it right here. Listen, fam. Listen. (laughs) Listen, Linda. 
if a if a person who is perpetrating charges against you for claims such as this that are this damning rescinds all claims and charges are still filed what in the entire fuck are we going to trial for so there's some cap on this app somewhere because yeah when i heard you read it i was like okay if all she said was i'm sorry your family's going through this that's one of those i'm sorry the family's dealing with it but i'm still pressing charges type thing like i hate that you guys are going through this but i'm still gonna do it that's one of those like um it's you know sorry not sorry man literal working definition of sorry not sorry <laughs> so unless there unless there is a notarized statement rescinding these charges <laughs> nothing's gonna stick <laughs> what is the difference between a deal and an idea paperwork <sighs> what's the difference between an allegation wait what what is your famous one you always give us what's the truth between wait, wait, what's the uh what, what's the difference between an allegation and a uh what, what no what is <laughs> what you sound to catch me off guard now <laughs> <laughs> I can't even come up with my own shit. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> What's the difference between uh, the, uh, the, 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 a no, no, the truth and a lie? A lawsuit. It was slandering the truth. is a lawsuit. So, I mean, there's no paperwork. There's still a, there's still a lawsuit, just not in the other direction. And then there's no paperwork to support any, any charges being rescinded. Well, no, no. This is not even a lawsuit. This is a this is a trial. A lawsuit would, would include punitive damages. No, this is a trial. This is a criminal trial, not even a, uh, a civil trial. Well, I would expect the other shoe to drop, depending on what happens with this. Like, if he's found guilty, then obviously you double back for the punitive damages. Who wouldn't? Mm. Hell, your lawyer would be a sucker not to not to tell you to do it. <sighs> Man, oh boy. Do you know a lawyer who would not who would tell you not to go for the jugular? Nah, not at all. You do because if you do, you should go for his. Because let's talk. Hers. Let's talk about it. If someone's working for free, the one thing they want to do is get out as soon as possible so they can work for money. That part. This ain't professional wrestling where you or you are not getting paid by the hour. Sorry, this professional wrestlers don't get paid by the hour. That's a, that's a Dusty Rose quote. Take him to the pay window. Get him out of there. So. As a lawyer, whether you are public or not, which in this case, I'm sure Alberto Del Rio can afford, Alberto Patrol can afford a lawyer. Um, he's got numerous businesses that, you know, and in, in investments that he's had and done, done well for himself in WWE and Impact and other places around the globe. Why would you drag out something that has no merit when you know you're about to get off? Or why would somebody else drag out something that that you know holds no merit when you can't get money from eight from one or one of the if not both of the individuals involved? Go home. Go get some real money. So you're you're basically asking like why would somebody continue to hold Del Rio whole court situation? Yeah. Whole court on Del Rio? <laughs> Beca because at the end of the day, you're still prohibiting him for, from moving on. So if, if the charges are dropped, but the trial's still going on, he can't go get money with nobody for real. 
Them talks about him wanting to go back to WWE. Ain't nothing shaking with that trial looming. Ain't you ain't gonna get no. You ain't gonna get no money from nobody else with a trial like that looming. Here's a news flash. He ain't going back to WWE without the trial. I mean, but he brought it up. That, what I'm, that's <laughs> he, what I'm saying. He did. Though. They didn't. It ain't like you can really stop him. <laughs> like I mean, WWE has don't. Let's not just make it like they're they're super uh, conservative about who they bring in and out the door. Like it's it's some legends. It's it, there are some legends and Hall of oh, Famers that buddy. have some sketchy, sketchy ass past. It, it, that's a whole that's a whole dark side of the ring mixtape there. For real. <laughs> let's keep for it, real. Let's, for real. Let's keep it a buck. Speaking of Vince McMahon, actually, they uh, WWE or A A and E actually has a uh, a documentary coming up on the Vince McMahon steroid trial. So this is I was wondering about this, and I'm glad you said A and E. So is this gonna end up being like when they did the trial, uh, the trial of O.J. Simpson, where like Cuba Gooding Jr. was was a uh, O.J. and so forth and so on, and they reenacted the whole trial? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not even asking to be funny. I'm I mean, to- they, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's gonna be a reenactment more so than it is gonna be like actual footage. Well, I take that back. That was FX when John Travolta was um, uh, Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm looking for is something like that. If they do that and turn into a series like that, I'm absolutely there to watch it. The issue is going to become if it's just we're going to give you the facts that we want to give you as WWE. And I'm going to tell you like this, and this is that this is not be, being factual. This is pure speculation. I would go along the lines of saying that if it is a documentary series. Uh, or documentary uh, uh, conversation or show for that matter the way that they've been doing like these biographies lately that are WWE uh, based I would go along the lines of saying that A&E is in WWE are, are in favor of one another it's not going to be too damning then the story is going to be half told because you're not going to hear the stuff that we already know or have already been told is legitimate that made it into the actual um, court filing paperwork, some of that stuff will not come out on the on the show. Like the the mini fridge full of steroids and needles, you'll never hear about that. That'll never come up on the show if they're in total control. And that was like it's sort of my issue with anything they have their hand in. You don't tell the full story, even though we're see ninety eight was twenty three, so twenty seven uh... almost thirty years ago. According to Wikipedia, on July 26th of this year, it was reported that a television series adaptation of McMahon's life was in development with WWE Studios titled The United States vs. Vince McMahon. A series will be fictionalized version of the court case. Thank you. Okay. Now we have bingeable television here. Now, I'm going to binge watch that because now the casting... Fuck whether or not they tell the whole story, which, I mean, it's important, but for right now, fuck that. The casting that has to go on to recreate the players in that particular time in WWE history is going to make or break this. And if you were, if those of you listening, if you remember that time, it was a pretty dark, comical, and I throw that in air quotes, time for WWE characters so you you scaling backwards from 94 so you may not necessarily you'll have to cast some of the wrestlers 
because you know they'll have to be passers by. You're gonna have to cast somebody to play Yokozuna. There are only they're, two. There are only hearts. two in particular I can think of that that were that were effective for this trial. That and that's good try, Terry and Nails. Right. Those two will be you know prominent figures because they testified. But still, you have to have other people casted for ambiance. <laughs> like this the, is... the champion at that time's Yoko. So, oh, it's it's back and forth between Brett and Yoko. Um, how many how many wrestlers that aren't involved in the trial are going to be a part of you know the dramatization of this you know fictionalized presentation? Then you got who all was there as far as on the creative side. You got. Uh, Bris- Briscoe was still there. Patterson's there. Uh, Cornets, either on the way in. Silk Jerry there. Jared is still there. Silk there. Fiend there. Mama there. P there. All of them. Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> like you got to cast all of these people because all these people play important roles. You got the the who's gonna play the secretary because the secretary is the one who told it on everybody about the mini fridge full of steroids. <laughs> Can't come get us. We got document. It's documented with the United States uh, court, Supreme Court. So there. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't point your fingers at me. Go read. All we did was consume the product. You was the one that, that decided to do dumb shit. That's it. Go read or go listen to these other podcasts. Like this is common knowledge. Like this stuff has been written in books. And you're oh. and you're not getting to the E back then without a particular body style. Ask the uh, ask worry about that one. Land of the Giants. Man. Suave, do me a favor, man. Yo. I want you to enjoy your weekend. Try to consume some good quality old school, old fashioned, old school wrestling and take it to the house. Pencil pushers. Heads up. Pencils down. It's mixtape season, y'all. We got some good shit coming up, too.